and welcome to our special ghost story episode. Happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Whoa, who is that familiar voice? <gasps> dun, dun, dun. He's dun. back. Hey, everybody. Yay. It's me, Eric. <laughs> the crowd's rejoice. You might remember me. From such films From as... such <laughs> educational films as Death on the Highway. <laughs> Prom night. <laughs> oh, God. Homecoming part I'm Joy McClure. You may remember me, Prom. <laughs> hey. Oh, tip of 40 for Phil Hartman on that right there. Oh. I'm Troy McClure. Welcome back, Eric. Thank you. I almost yeah. do. Thanks. It's, it's good to be back. We go... Moreover, you're welcome back on the normal episode. Yeah, yeah, but that'll be, on this uh, one, that'll let's be tomorrow. Focus on our listeners and their spooky. Hey, real quick, did anyone notice a fourth voice just popped in? A fourth voice? What's that fourth voice? Larissa. <gasps> oh my gosh, she just showed up out of nowhere. I guess we'll let her record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I may have just been sitting outside on the lawn and they let me in because they yeah. felt bad. Hi open, guys. Open, open. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Everyone say hi. Hi. She's just been camping hi. out because she Larissa. likes it so much. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, she was bummed that she wasn't recording the, the Halloween stories with us. And so we're like, you best come back and record with us. It's true. All right. Should we start? Yeah. Am I we starting us off? Ones. Yeah. Yeah. Let's okay. go. Um, I have to apologize. I have a cold. So I'm in studio with a mask on recording, but mm-hmm. it's going to be a little rough. <laughs> She's in a cute onesie, a skeleton onesie. She it keeps putting her pelvis in my face. <laughs> she keeps sticking a bone in my face. She's acting like that's something new. Right. Come on. True, but when it's like a bone. Yeah. It's just weird. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. So this is what our listener wrote. This is a long story, and I lived it. I'm not sure if I would classify this as a ghost encounter. It is largely considered that ghosts cannot touch you or lift objects. For years, I have gone back and forth between malevolent poltergeist or demon. I don't remember the year that this began, but it did last years. It began one day while I was lying on the couch in the living room with my mother. My right forearm which I had been laying on, suddenly burned horribly out of nowhere. I hollered out, which caught my mother's attention and sat up quickly. To my mother's and I's surprise, multiple scratch marks were appearing on my arm. Oh, yeah, no, I do not like that. (laughs) Nope. Nope. I would be like, okay, burn the house down. We're gone. It's time to move. (laughs) Yeah. Get your bug out bag. It's time to go. Seriously. So not like I had scratched it on something, but you could literally see the marks as if something were scratching me. That gave me chills. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. It was so bad that my arm began to bleed. Needless to say, it freaked me and my mother out. Now, I am a firm believer of the paranormal. My family, they're not. They're very religious and simply don't believe in such things. But you could see the horror in my mother's eyes. If you were to ask her today, she would chalk it up to, quote, we were just seeing things, or you did it to yourself, 
end quote. <laughs> you did it to yourself. You know, and, as one does. I mean, and hey, people do scratch themselves in their sleep. It happens. Right. I mean, especially toddlers or infants. Oh, oh I mean, my come gosh, on. That's the story of my whole life. whole reason you have to give them little mittens when they're uh-huh. babies. So, and then th- th- she goes on to say, how could I? I was literally laying on my arm. I can't scratch what I can't reach. Touche. Hmm. We eventually chalked it up to just being a weird phenomenon. However, I had a very bad feeling, as you should have. (laughs) Ever since we moved into this house, I always felt as if something were there staring at me in the shadows. I always just assumed I was overreacting. Typical childish fear or something in the shadows. Don't turn off the lights unless you run up the stairs. It can't get you if you hide under the covers. Amen to that. (laughs) (laughs) Running up the stairs is a requirement, by the way, when you turn off the lights. uh Absolutely. However, this encounter made me think it wasn't just my overactive imagination. From then on, I would wake up with scratches, receive them while I was walking through the house sometimes, which was the most terrifying I would feel something scratch me in the shower. Oh, come on. There's got to be a sacred space. <laughs> in the shower? That's not okay. I mean, none of it's okay. But No, that, but come uh, on. You're vulnerable in the shower. Right? I always tell spiders because I'm a big advocate of spiders. <laughs> I always like walk them outside, but I'm like, bitches, you come at me in the shower, you're going down the drain. A big advocate of spiders, huh? I love spiders. Spiders are great. Unless they're poisonous, but I will never kill a spider unless it's like a black widow. No, I, I get it. Spiders get rid of pests and yeah, stuff like they're that. Great. They're actually, yeah, I mean, I just don't like big ones sitting up in the corner of my room or anything. You know, right, but, like uh, I have a heart attack while I'm delivering them outside mm-hmm. on the off chance they get out. Anyway. I try to keep them alive. Yeah. I, right. All right. So eventually... The activity escalated. Ooh, how could it get worse? (laughs) I was an avid video gamer and would often have times where I would be at home alone playing my PS3 chatting with my friends online. And they would ask me, quote, who is screaming at you? They're really loud. Oh, no, 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 no. Well, I am the only one home. No one is yelling at me. But they would insist on telling me it was coming from my mic. One day, my friend freaked out and said someone was screaming really loud on my end of the mic. After he said this, I felt something hit the back of my chair. It freaked me out as I was home alone. I turned to look at what it was, and I found the tissue box that was supposed to be across the basement on top of the bar on the floor behind my chair. My basement extended the length of the house, being a farmhouse, It was a very large room. It's not like it could just fall and happen to hit my chair. Oh, so it had to go clear across the room to hit it. Yeah. Oh, boy. Mm -mm. From then on, I started to have my really vivid nightmares. I would be strapped to a metal, flat, old surgical table in a dark room with a wall covered in small CCTVs. These TVs were security cameras in different rooms with everyone I loved and cared for. In these rooms, I would watch as they would all one by one be killed in horrific bloody ways while a demon, grayish blue, skin like a lizard, and small horns, and breathed and smelled like death and decay, would slowly cut me and pull out my organs while forcing me to watch my loved ones being killed. That is a very detailed nightmare. Whoa. Uh, Like, that needs to be submitted for a movie or something. Right? That's what I was thinking. 
scary. Right? You have to watch on security camera as your family's dying. But you're getting you're tortured. You're getting tortured as well. at the same time. Ugh. As if the watching them isn't torture enough. Oh my God. Double torture. This would be reoccurring, always the same. It would be so bad, my mother would wake me up from them saying I would be screaming and crying in my sleep. This would go on for years until my parents finally divorced and sold the house. Once we moved, I was never scratched without a cause. Things were never thrown across the room. And to this day, years later, I have never had that nightmare. I can still remember every second of it, though. When someone asks me, do you believe in ghosts and the paranormal? My answer is always yes, and I tell them my story of what I lived through in an old farmhouse in the middle of nowhere. P.S. I have experienced other ghosts in that house, but none were as vicious and terrifying as that. Wow. That is scary. Like, I'll be honest, this is my first time reading these stories. Yeah. And that is scary. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. Thank yeah. you so much for sharing that with us. That's yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. Thank such you. Such a good story. All right. I'm up next. Now, uh, right. this one here actually has a title. Ooh. I like it. They call it Fancy. The Ouija Trial. Oh, yeah. This one's long. Yeah. This is a longer story. We all passed it to Eric. Oh. And when I say we, me, because I assigned him. Yeah. <laughs> There are many ways in which students living in dorms initially bonded once they started their undergraduate years. Some would throw parties, some of them play games or sports, and while some find a common hobby, but in India, you stay in a dorm called hostels here. One of most common ways people get to know each other is sharing their local legends or stories in the supernatural realm, especially if you went to a school which had kids coming in from different parts of the country. Oh, that's cool. That is cool. Yeah, I like that. I was housed in the larger set of rooms in the hostels, and these ones could host four students at once. Having been from different regions of the country, we quickly started to be friends and share our own adolescence experiences while we got to know each other. As most new friendships do, we did start talking about ghosts and spirits in a lighthearted way. One of us suggested that we should take full advantage of the free time we had before our freshman year officially kicked off in full swing and play a Ouija game. Now, in India, it's not common to find a Ouija board. It's an uncommon way to call upon spirit when you live in a country which spoke hundreds of languages along with English. So you had to make one, although now it must be commonly available thanks to Amazon. But more than 10 years back, that was not the case. But the belief in the occult is not new in the subcontinent. The lore of unsatisfied spirits have been part of legends and tales from time immemorial. As soon as my roommate suggested making a Ouija board, my initial hesitation against trying something with the occult softened, and I was a little excited, too. However, one of my other roommates just gave a very firm, no. We all groaned and turned to him and asked him why he was so against it. Now, let me make it clear. No guy wants to look weak with a new set of friends in that age. Right. So I should say this took a lot of courage and a firm belief against it for him to do so. He just shook his head firmly and went silent for a few seconds, took a deep breath, and started. Quote, My uncle is a successful doctor now, and he had started his medical school many decades back and was housed in a hostel similar to ours. In the 80s, the infrastructure in far-off university towns was sparse, and his university was still a fairly new one at the time, with an expanding campus. 
Some of the buildings were so new, the electric lines were still being laid near his hostel. They were housed in a similar room like us, and there were four of them in it, just like us. It is really strange how our conversation today progressed, because they apparently wanted to play Ouija since some of them had read it in a novel. Now, the other three had no clue what this was, including my uncle, and they all decided to try it and asked their new pal to lead the way with smiles all around. Now, the one guy who introduced this concept to his new friends took charge immediately and went to work on a chart paper. It was still the time of dusk when he finished, and from what my uncle told me, the birds were chirping outside, getting to their nests and windows were painted with bluish hue of the evening light. The board was done, and while the three newcomers to the Ouija world peered over this chart paper trying to figure out the use of the letters on the paper, the artist of the board got up in a frenzy and started pulling his sheets off his bed. When asked what he was doing, he asked all of them to lend a hand and stated that one of the first instructions was that no natural light should enter the room of the procedure. They all just shrugged and started helping him. They hastily taped the sheets over the two windows in the room, They then lit one of the candles given to them to help them light up the rooms in case the new electric wiring being laid outside went bust. They laid it on the study table in the middle of the room and were told to sit around it in the four chairs once they moved their beds to make some space. The only remaining things in the room were their respective closets, the other three study tables pushed to the walls, and a large mud pot of drinking water since that was how you would store cold drinking water back in the day before the advent of refrigerators. They were all instructed to join hands and not to break formation, and were told to imagine a gentle human presence and call to them with your mind, all while you had your eyes closed and head bent. Apparently, they did not imagine one single particular person to call out to, like they showed in the movies. This went on for a few minutes, and while the initial itches and scratching all around the table subsided, an eerie calm came upon them. My uncle even swears today that they all felt that they heard the chirping of birds die out. However, nothing came, nor the coin they had placed on the chart paper had moved. None of them had their fingers or palms placed on the chart paper either. Maybe the instructions for the Ouija board were unclear, or the novel made up entirely new procedures to communicate with the spirit world. Who knows? But the boys just got tired with the calm and the heat from the candle. One of them just lifted his head and announced maybe they should just stop these shenanigans and go and get some food. The three of them around the table reciprocated, except the last one, who still had his head bent down, and held onto the other two's hands. I think they thought he had fallen asleep in the dark, so they tried waking him up, but he just wouldn't budge. Concern raising, they asked him to stop playing around and to wake up and switch on the lights, but he still would not let go of their hands. Then in an instant, his hand flew out and slaps his friend right across the face while he shouted, I need water to drink! But this voice was not his. There was no hint of youth in his voice. It was a very distinctive voice of a man in his old age, and this boy was speaking in it, asking for drinking water, all while his head was still dipped downward and eyes closed. This creeped the rest of the boys, and they knew there was something wrong. Why would he hit his friend across the face? There were too many things happening too quickly, but since we was asking for water... One of the boys ran towards the drinking water pot and took the stainless steel glass it came with, filled it with water, and placed it on the table in front of the now apparently possessed boy. He gives it a second and grabs the glass with one hand and gulps down the water within seconds, still with his eyes closed and only lifting his head to drink in the water, and asks again, I need more water, and drops his head again, eyes still shut. 
The boys scrambled to get him more water while sweating profusely. The glasses of water kept coming in, and the fourth boy kept drinking the water, keeping his eyes closed and head bent, except while drinking the glass of water. Now, one of the boys closest to him did think the trance might be a prank, and to test it out, one last time, instead of placing the stainless steel glass loudly on the wooden tabletop, he very gently placed it on a corner of the table near the boy in the trance. Under normal circumstances, one who had their eyes closed and head dropped down like he did would not know where the glass of water was placed since it did not make any sound while being placed on the table in the dark. After a second, though, the boy in the trance grabbed the glass in one single smooth grab while still having his head bent and eyes closed. Oh. This was the moment they knew what they were part of. It was not something to be taken lightly. The water drinking had stopped after five glasses, Whoa. and the boy who was sitting in the chair till then collapsed on the floor, woke up, and vomited all the water out. Oh. He apparently apologized multiple times for falling asleep during the Ouija practice and said he wasn't feeling well and went to bed straight away, while his roommates looked at him in utter disbelief. They pulled the sheets off of the windows in silence, threw the candle and the chart away after cleaning up the mess, and no one went to get dinner that night. When asked if he remembers what they did yesterday in the morning, the boy answered that he didn't since he had fallen asleep, and neither did the others dare tell him. They, however, contacted his parents via a payphone and told them in detail what had happened. Oh <laughs> They'll tell the parents, but not right. him. Oh, man. We listened to the story in silence and asked our buddy if they found out who that old man might have been and why he was asking for water, but he answered negative. When we asked him if his uncle was still in touch with his buddy who went into the trance all these years later, he just looked at us and said calmly, it was my uncle who went into the trance that day. I heard this story from my mom and grandpa. He doesn't know anything about it today. Ooh, that's crazy. Mm. What? Mm-hmm. Nope. There we go. People, stay away from Ouija boards. <laughs> oh, then I probably shouldn't tell you what I have planned for after this episode. I'm in. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't practice what I preach. <laughs> Wow, hypocrite. Jeez. All right, so, Larissa, what do you have for us here? I have a story that was sent in by Michael R. Thank you, Michael R. When I was around 22 or 23 years old, I experienced something that scared the hell out of me. At this time, I worked the graveyard shift. On this particular night, I was off work, and I watched TV in my bedroom. While I was watching a sitcom, I felt parched. I'm diabetic, so my mouth is constantly dry. So I went to get some water. When I stood up from my bed, I felt a dull burning sensation on the back of my right leg. As I stood on my full height, I'm very tall, (laughs) 5'2", the burning intensified, bringing me to my knees. I turned my head to look at my leg, and I saw three scratches on my leg. Uh Uh-uh, nope. Mm -mm. I prayed out loud, in fear, because duh, and I told whatever it was that it was not allowed to touch me, and I was protected by Jesus Christ. Seeing three marks on my leg, I immediately think demonic action, as you would. Mm. If it was two, then I'd be like, maybe maybe something like a a, a harbor seal. I don't know. Neighbor's cat. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. The burning on my leg stopped, and I looked again. The scratches were fucking gone. What? What? This scared me so much, and I still get scared thinking about it. 
I continued to live in that house until 2015 when we moved out of the house I grew up in moved out into town. Nothing like this has ever happened since. That is nuts. Weird. Yeah, that is weird. I can't even. I can't even. By the way, I want to reiterate here when we're telling these stories, guys, that we are reading these exactly as our listeners who have provided us these stories have written them. Yes. So if it sounds weird, uh, that's, you know. Sorry. It's, we're just reading it how it, it's presented to us. So, uh, yeah. Yes. Thank you for sharing, Michael. I like that you're a fun size height like me. Five two. Yeah. <laughs> we're fun size. Okay. So my next story is from listener Magali B., And it starts off with, my parents met when they were children, as my mom's family would spend every summer in a small village an hour and a half away from Montreal, where my dad's family is from. The two family come to be close, and my parents officially started dating when they were 16. High school sweethearts. (laughs) Yeah, it's really cute. At 19, my father had to move to the city for school, So he moved in my mom's grandparents' guest room. He lived there until he graduated. A few years later, right before my parents got married, my great-grandfather, my mom's grandpa, unfortunately passed away. It was unexpected and very sad for my parents as they were so close to him and my great-grandmother. Come forward, it's 1992, and my parents have been trying to conceive for many months now. One afternoon, my father is taking a nap while my mother is at work. In his dream, my great-grandfather is there with him in our living room, telling him that my mom is pregnant and everything is going to be okay. When my mom got home that evening, my dad told her about his dream. She laughed it off, but he insisted she should take a pregnancy test. She had taken one a few days before and knew it would be negative, but she did it anyways. Well, next thing you know, the test was positive, and a few months later, they had me. Oh. <laughs> the great-grandpa only came back in my father's dream once more. My great-grandpa only came back in my father's dream once more. It was a year and a half later To tell him that my mom was pregnant again with my brother. Oh, wow. So there you go. I'm not sure if we can count that as a ghost story per se, but I still like it very much. I always thought it was fascinating that my mom's grandpa came to my dad instead of his own granddaughter. It's probably because my father has always been more sensitive to the paranormal, a gift that has been passed down to my brother. My little brother has the creepiest stories. He works in renovation and often has to visit very old buildings. He says the most bothering part is children ghosts because they are bored and want to be entertained. But I digress. That's not just (laughs) ghost children. That's children. Uh uh (laughs) Such a great story, though. It really is. It's like a supernatural pregnancy test. I I love it. I like that uh, he's just entertained. (laughs) Just the ghost children. He's like, oh, great. Another Ugh. ghost child. Ugh. 
Go Come find on. someone else to bother. Yeah, that so is interesting. Add an extra it, day onto the renovation so he can have some extra playtime. That is really <laughs> right? interesting that, that her great grandfather was visiting her husband. husband yeah. 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 But I mean, he did live with them, right? For a period, mm-hmm. a period of time. So, yeah. yeah. But still, very interesting. Maybe he was just more perceptive. Well, that's like, what she said. Yeah. She said her dad was more sensitive to the yeah. supernatural. Yeah. Yeah. Like her brother is now, which obviously, yeah. That's pretty cool. That's really cool. Thank that you is. again. Great yeah. story. Yeah, I love it. All right. So the next one we have comes from Mary Z. She says, for a little background, my dad is a retired Chicago firefighter. He retired as a chief, but at the time of the story, he was either a captain or a lieutenant. This particular detail, and thank you very much for this, Mary. And by the way, Mary has given us ghost stories in the past as well about the fire station as well, mm-hmm. I think. So, yeah. so good. <laughs> anyway, she says this particular detail is semi-relevant to the story, but I'm really just hoping to get a British pronunciation of lieutenant from Sarah. Well, lieutenant. I don't know. <laughs> Lieutenant. She thought she was going to school it here, and she just totally ruined it. Yeah, you guys, I don't know. I've watched enough Sleepy Hollow to know that it's Lieutenant. Lieutenant. Yeah. Hello, Lieutenant. Lieutenant. Welcome. They got you. They got you, Sarah. You guys, I don't even care. I killed it. You did. You did. Next. (laughs) So. Not important to the story itself, but to explain what a bizarre slash interesting person he is, my dad is the life of the party, huge personality. He is a loud, crude, cigar-smoking, good-time-loving man's man. I like this I guy. like this right? guy. Yeah. Yeah. Who loves to make people laugh, usually with an inappropriate joke. Yes. Yep. On the cool. flip side... He also loves scented candles in the Hallmark Channel. Oh, this guy is perfect. Yeah, we got to hang out with us, dude. Oh, what? Scented candles, I mean, we have them in our house, but I could really live without them, to be honest. Well, uh, that's why he's better than you. We usually use Moonbeam, but sometimes, you know. Your wife takes care of that for you. She does. So you're good. She does, but yeah. Mm -hmm. The Hallmark Channel? No, thanks. No, can't do it. Okay, I watched one show. On Netflix, that's from the Hallmark Channel. Oh, what is that witch show? That's that a you good want? witch, and you will not shame me for it. <laughs> okay, Sometimes I've actually watched I that I just show. need a little happiness and cuteness in my life. Yeah, Chill. I get it. Well, that's what the Hallmark Channel is for, is know, happiness right? and cuteness. Eric walked in one day, and he saw it on. He's like, this looks like some Hallmark bullshit. <laughs> She's like, mm-hmm. I'm like, it's not. I found it on Netflix. But then, yeah, I did find out it was a Hallmark Oh, my gosh. <laughs> And sorry to break up away from the story. Sorry, they're making me laugh. Sidetrack. All right, so he's pretty much the coolest guy ever. Oh, and he has an insane sensitivity to the paranormal. Oh. Which has always made me extremely jealous. He's even met with spiritual psychics, which he doesn't usually talk about, and he does not share that information with anyone except my siblings and me. His stories sent chills down my spine, as it is someone who... If he didn't have experiences himself, would absolutely not believe in the paranormal. Yeah. I so he'd that. be a natural skeptic if he hadn't yeah. seen stuff himself. I get mm-hmm. it. The funny thing is, I'm a skeptic, yet I've seen stuff. But, yeah. you know, I'm still a skeptic. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm a... How would you exp- how would you classify what I I'm a skeptic to most th- stories that I hear, I think, when it comes to supernatural right. stuff like that. But... I. I 
again, I've seen stuff that I can't explain, so exactly. I don't know. So like weird shit is happening all the time. So yeah. all right. So this is one of her favorite stories. He was at a car fire as the officer in charge. Now, contrary to what Hollywood shows us, car fires rarely end in an explosion. That's a shame. I know. So my dad is watching his guys working on putting out the fire when all of a sudden he hears someone speaking in his ear, telling him to pull them back. He's very adamant that he heard an actual voice. He decides to go against all his experience and knowledge, trust his gut, and tells his guys to back away. Moments later, the car explodes. As it does, he feels something physically grab his shoulders and pull him back just a tad. A piece of shrapnel grazes his neck, leaving a huge gash right at his jugular. I mean, this was a serious cut, but it did just miss his jugular. Wow. That's insane. Okay, I I need to be filming these because Larissa is like terrified of these stories. She's like cuddled up. That's why you got to wear a hood because that's the only thing that's going to save you in these stories. I have the perfect thing for this. She's hiding in a hoodie. I have the perfect thing for this. Crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I took some some things of uh, Larissa while she's been uh, guest hosting. Keep her part of the show, you know. Yeah. Crazy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh my gosh, it's so good. No one else was injured, and my dad is certain he was more than just lucky that they all walked away from the scene. The cool thing is that he always knows who he's dealing with and when he has these experiences. In this case, he believes it was his best friend's father who had passed. His best friend's father. Interesting. Okay. On top of working an extremely dangerous job, firefighters also have a high suicide rate and are at higher risk of cancer. With 35 years on the job, my dad has experienced his fair share of death. So I think he's ultimately grateful for and comforted by this gift he has. Yeah, well, especially since they're actively saving his life here as well, it sounds like. so. Well, I mean, he sounds like the greatest man anyway. Why wouldn't you save his life? He sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, 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 that's true, yeah. Okay, so that was mostly me just talking about my dad with just a little bit of a story. So here's another little one. My dad lives in a two-flat that's been in my family for close to 100 years. It's just him on the first floor and my grandma on the second. But at some point, my sister and I lived with him downstairs and both of my grandparents were upstairs. This is an old building, so if someone is walking around, you hear it. There's no being sneaky. Not long after my grandpa passed, my grandma had an accident and was bedridden. We were downstairs watching TV when we heard footsteps upstairs. No one was up there except my grandma, who could not get out of bed on her own. I looked at my dad, wide-eyed. He gave me this, what the fuck is your problem look, (laughs) and said, it's just Joe. Yes, he called my grandpa by his first name. It's endearing in our own weird way, not disrespectful. It became a regular occurrence to hear Joe walking around upstairs and was honestly the most comforting thing I've ever experienced after the pain of losing him. I think it helps us all move on. Once my grandma got better, it was hard to say that the footsteps were Joe's anymore, although my dad would claim to be able to tell the difference. 
At this point, it's been years since any of us had heard him. Have heard him. Oh, I love that though. That's He's just sad. like, it's just Joe. Oh, get over it. Just chill out. I just love that he. It does kind him. of put a heart, uh, you know, your heart at ease, though. Yeah. You know, when you hear, when, if somebody can say stuff like that, like, oh, it's harmless. And you're just yeah, like, it's oh, just, you're, it's your, it's yeah, your okay. Yeah. It's just like finding out, you know, like, oh, so and so just walking upstairs. Oh, oh, okay. No biggie. NBD. <laughs> There's this really cool town here in the south suburbs that I'm completely obsessed with. Willow Springs is a beautiful place with a colorful history and ghosts. There's a bar slash restaurant called the Irish legend that was once upon a time, supposedly a speakeasy and a brothel that was frequented by Al Capone in Chicago. Crazy. (laughs) Crazy. (laughs) See, you guys don't even need me here. (laughs) She actually isn't here. These are all sound bites. You guys, we We spent hours doing it the other day. The whole thing out of sound bites. Yeah. There's so much legend and lore around this place. Not to mention the building is gorgeous. They have delicious food and their outdoor patio butts up against the possibly haunted woods. Needless to say, I've been there plenty of times and highly recommend it to anyone in the area. You know, I, I just figure that everything in the Great Lakes region is haunted with yeah. the, because of Same. the uh, the presence there. The, there's a lot of tribes in the area. Yeah. And you've dicked them over mm-hmm. and everything else mm-hmm. that's gone on around there. I think there's some angry spirits around Absolutely. the Great Lakes region. I agree. Yeah. I think everything. Mm-hmm. It's haunted. Yeah, a lot of, lot of, lot of uh, souls trapped on Earth down there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. So anyway, I have two quick stories about this place. My sister's birthdays are both in October. They had a joint party at The Legend, and it was obviously decorated for Halloween. I realized at one point that I forgot the cards in my car, so I ran out really quick to get them. The building has a main floor, second floor, and what I assume is the attic with windows that face the parking lot. So as I'm walking back from my car, I glanced up at the attic window, and I see a distinct silhouette of what I think is a gangster in quotations uh-huh. it's important to mention that the bar slash restaurant is only on the main floor i've always been told that the top floors are for storage and ghost tours and there were no costume people in the building the entire night i think quote that's a super clever halloween decoration for this place unquote <laughs> and don't think much more about it which you know people put things in their windows all the time to scare you absolutely On our way out after the party, I stop and look up to show my sisters this cool decoration, but there's nothing there. I get that this could very easily be explained away, but I've always had the very uneasy feeling about that experience. Yeah, I can imagine. That's creepy. Mm -hmm. The last story is secondhand. My sister did a ghost tour that included a seance in the same building. Apparently, at one point, she felt a horrible, debilitating pain in her chest and then realized that the person leading the seance was yelling at whatever was hurting her, and it finally left her alone. She was ultimately fine, but exhausted after the fact. Wow. Yeah, that's... No. They conjured something that was not too happy. Right. Ugh. mm -mm. Mm-mm. Nope. So... Mary finishes saying, that's all I have for now. Happy Halloween, cows. Thanks for always making this weirdo feel at home. Thanks, Mary. Thank you, Mary. Mary. That was great. It really was. 
All right, Eric. All right. So I've got a story here from Kira H. All righty. First, a little backstory. When I was a senior in high school, I was having issues with my dad and stepmom, and I also was never close with my mom and stepdad. So, as an angry teenager, I turned to my Uncle Todd and his daughter to be my safe haven between houses. We spent a lot of time together, and I babysat my cousin a lot just for a reason to not be at home or work. Well, long story short, two months before I graduated, my uncle committed suicide. After promising me he would get help and that he would never do that to his daughter or our family. So now, fast forward to April 2014. I'm close to finishing cosmetology school and roughly seven months pregnant with my second child. One day, I was helping my friend with a client. She had long hair that needed two people to get it done in a timely manner. She told us that she was a medium and a little about what her life was like. I was doubting if she was serious or mucho loco at the time. The whole time I was near, she just kept staring at me and not saying much. My friend chatted with her since it was his client, but I chose to stay quiet. Well, I went on a quick break while he washed her hair. When I came back, my friend pulled me aside and said his client wanted to talk to me about something important. He said she had been asking him a lot of questions about me. Super confused, I said, um, okay. When I got over to her, she asked if she could pass on a message that I really needed to hear from somebody nearby. Now, I was more confused because I had never seen this woman in my life, and to my knowledge, it was the first time she had ever been in the salon. But I figured, what the hell? I'll amuse her because maybe it's some joke. She then said, quote, He asked me to tell you that he knows you're still really angry with him, but he has stayed close to watch over you and make sure you're happy. He knows he was selfish and an idiot for taking his life, but at the time it seemed like he had no other options. He is really sorry and knows how much he hurt everyone. He hopes you can forgive him and keep moving on with your life. Oh my God. I replied, I'm not sure I know what you're talking about. While internally screaming, there is no fucking way she knows about this. I had never told anyone about what had happened with my uncle, so how could she know this? I was giving off a resting bitch face mixed with a look that was highly suspicious, and she noticed. To which she replied, he loved Diet Pepsi and Hershey's chocolate. Oh, Guys, I was shook. Those were, these were his all-time favorite things. Larissa's also shook. Uh-huh. She's shaking she in her shook. chair. Shaking in my pants. I thanked her and quickly made an exit thinking there is no fucking way that my uncle was choosing to reach out through a medium because I was an angry, salty bitch ever since he passed. I was shaking and on the verge of tears. After I caught my breath and calmed down, I just ran through what she had said over and over. I felt an odd sense of peace and calm, like a weight had been lifted and I could finally let go of all the anger I was feeling over his passing. It was a strange experience, but I'm grateful to the complete stranger psychic medium who decided to speak to me instead of keep me in the dark. That day changed my life for the better, and I still think about it often. I wish things had been different, but I believe everything happens for a reason. Oh, I love that story. That is a great story. Thank you so much, Kira. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. All right, Larissa, what have you got for us? All right, so this listener writes, This one is kind of a long story, but it also has a sweet ending. I've always been able to see spirits, or ghosts as some people call them, since I was young, so this isn't something new for me. 
My ghosts never show their true form as they are just black shadows. Anyways, fast forward to about two years ago. I think I think she meant rewind. <laughs> you don't know her. Well, she said <laughs> always have been. So yeah. we'll okay. just time travel one some direction, either forward we'll go, or backwards. Yeah, some matter. We two years it. ago. <laughs> I had my first encounter with a spirit and this one showed her true form. I was sleeping and I happened to wake up and she was standing beside my bed. I wasn't able to move or say anything, and in my head, all I could think of is, why isn't my dog barking at her? This is how clear she came through. Wow. I still remember to this day, she was an older lady, probably late 60s, early 70s, but she was dressed in clothing, like from Great Gatsby era. Oh, nice. That's very cute. I love it. She never said anything just stood there staring at me. I ended up closing my eyes, and she was gone when I woke up. Anyway, fast forward to 2020. Ah, we're fast forwarding again. Yes. Okay. Okay. Boom. I would wake up randomly in the middle of the night to four to five shadows in my room. Uh Uh-uh. Mind you, this has always creeped me out, but I was never truly afraid of them. Okay. I ended up having a reading done, and they had mentioned that the older lady form two years ago wasn't a nice spirit, and she was... She had opened a door into our house once. She figured out I could see her and the others to come into our house. Oh. She like figured it out and then just like, oh. Like, come on in, oh, guys. Okay. You're like, cool, thanks. Ooh. Those four to five shadows I would see never really hurt me, but they did suck my energy. And basically what my reading said was that she found a, that they found a place to eat, a.k.a. my energy. Uh-uh. And that is why they weren't leaving. It's a bunch of Colin Robinsons. Right? Yeah, Colin Robinsons right there. <laughs> Gosh. So during all of this, we ended up having to put Mac down, my soul dog. Oh. It's so sad. I'm sorry for your loss. Yeah. R.I.P. Mac. And a month or so later, I ended up saging our house. About three days after we saged our house, I kid you not, I could not stop crying about losing Mac. I couldn't look at the picture of him without crying and one night, I know it sounds dramatic, but I felt like I was truly going to die from, of a broken heart. That's how much Mac meant to me. Oh, man. I ended up messaging my friend who helped me sage my house and said that ba- the banishing spell we used with sage did its job, but it must have worked so well that I pushed Mac's spirit out of our house. And the feelings oh. I was feeling were of him trying to get back into our house. Oh, So sad. Gosh. The dog's locked outside. Somebody let the dog in. Jeez. So she told me all we had to do was invite him back into our house. As soon as I did to see if it would work, I pulled up a picture of Mac and no more tears. Oh. So for all of you out there, our dogs and cats and all our pets, they do live with us in spirit and still help us from the other side. Told you it would have a happy ending. And since I have saged our house, I have no longer seen any of my shadow friends. I hope you have more energy, too. Yeah. You know, I actually believe, it's kind of weird, coming from the skeptic, we had stuff with our kitties that have passed and stuff like that. So, so like Wheezy in particular, we had, you know, we have little stories, uh, shortly, especially shortly after she passed. They didn't last too long, um, a few weeks, I would say, after she passed. But, um, yeah. It was, it was sad, but it was sweet at the same time. Yeah. Kind of comforting. Yeah. So, all right. Mary, what have you got for us? 
Yeah, so my next story comes from Ashley R. Just want to first off say thank you, y'all, so much. The podcast, y'all are awesome, and I love y'all's podcast so much. Your podcast helped me through the most difficult time in my life. I started listening to the podcast back in 2007, and y'all were one of the first I ever listened to. I started listening to podcasts that year after my dad sadly passed away from cancer. We found out in May of 2016 he had kidney cancer, and he fought it for about a year to June 2017. But sadly, he passed away from the cancer. My dad was like my best friend. We had many awesome times together, especially fishing. I have not really had any ghost experiences with my dad. I wish I would, but just have seen him in my dreams, which is also nice. But I do have a ghost story from my uncle, my dad's youngest brother. Mm. Here it is. Back in January 2020, my uncle's beautiful wife, my aunt, passed away unexpectedly due to a medical issue not related to COVID. It was out of nowhere that she passed away No one, not even my uncle, had known anything was wrong with her until she was all of a sudden in the hospital. She was a wonderful person that lit up a room with her beautiful smile and laugh. We all miss her greatly. After she passed away, my uncle said he was so sad. It was on the third day after she passed away that he was sitting alone at home crying and thinking of my aunt and missing her. All of a sudden, the lights, which are activated by motion, started flickering on and off in the living room. My uncle was on his bed in the bedroom when his lights went off. He figured it was their cat, Chester, moving around and making the lights turn on in the living room. So he says, Chester, you can go ahead and come in the room with me, boy. But to his surprise, Chester was already in the room with him on the bed. The lights kept flickering on and off, so he went to see if it was something else making them go off. But he didn't see anything, so he went back to his bedroom. The lights were flickering on and off again. So he talked out loud and said, Sherry, if this is you, turn the lights back on. As soon as he finished that sentence... The lights came back on. Oh, wow. He said he took a video of this, and I watched it, and it was so awesome, him talking to her and her turning the lights on. He said this went on for almost all of the night, and since then, it hasn't happened again. He said he believes this was her telling him goodbye. Before she passed away, she had told my uncle that they should visit each other as spirits if something were to ever happen to one of them. So far, that's the only event that has happened. I like to think that my dad is up in heaven spending time with my wonderful aunt, my baby brother, his youngest son who was premature and passed away a week after he was born 29 years ago. And also my dad's oldest brother who passed away from a cardiac arrest two years after my dad. I miss them all so much, but I'm also glad they have each other in heaven or wherever it is we go after life. Oh, a beautiful story. That is a beautiful story. Thank you, Ashley. That seems like something you'd find in some cute short, you know, it's a sweet, spooky short story or whatever. Sorry for all your loss. I know that's a lot of loss. 
and it is, but it, it is sweet though. I'm going nice. totally haunt Eric. No. <laughs> I'm not leaving after a day too. I'll tell you what, <laughs> he'll be flipping those lights on and off for the rest of his life. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. All right, Sarah. All right, dear MMM people. I'm not 100% sure I believe in ghosts, but I do believe there is some kind of existence after all of this. Over the course of my life, I've had some weird occurrences that cannot be explained. I'm going to tell you about a few instances, and you can tell me what you think. And she gives titles for these. So the first one is called Ghost Touched Radio. When I was 15 or 16, my parents bought me a stereo. It had a double CD player. AM, FM radio, a double tape deck, and it was programmable. Hold on. It had a double CD player? Yeah, that's what it says. That's fancy. That's, that's baller fancy money right there. Fancy. Two CD players. That's that, that that's interesting. Okay. Because, fancy. I mean, what if you want to mix I mean, stuff? the cassettes I get because, you know, yeah. if you're doing a mixtape, you need to have two things. I know. But Maybe she means, like, you know, the rotatable, like how CD players. Have oh, like, like it just changes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So probably that's what I'm guessing. Okay. All right. It had an alarm setting so you could have it wake you up to the music of your choice. Oh. Now. I just want to, you know, say for some of those younger people out there who have no idea what a tape deck or a CD player is. <laughs> just kidding. We were actually talking about this the other night, uh, Mary and I. I was like, man, just think about how media, how we consume media has changed yeah. over the last 40 years. It has changed so much. Like it's you insane. think music, right? You go yeah. record player to eight track to cassette to CD, CD. to MP3, uh-huh. right? And now flack and everything else or yeah. streaming. It's, it's all changed so much. And the same with movies, right? That we had, you mm. can only see them in theaters and Betamax, uh-huh. yeah, VHS, DVD, Blu-ray. Yep. Now and then digital, you know, streaming. Yep. You know, it, everything has just changed TV, so much. Movies, and we don't everything. even we just accept it. Yeah. But it's so crazy, it's crazy how much it has changed. It is wild. Yeah. Like, how am I going to explain to my children what a rotary dial phone was? Right? They don't even work anymore. Or a pay phone. They're going to be like, what? Why would you do that when you have your cell phone? A pay phone. Pay phones are still around. They're yeah. just not very common. Yeah. <laughs> They're very rarefied. But yeah. Right. It's, it's insane. It is weird. When you stop and think about it, how we consume media, yeah. it, it's changed. And records, of course, vinyl making a big comeback. Yeah. And even tapes are to a degree. Cassettes are, you know, they're, they're, yeah. like on record store day, you can find some musicians put out yeah. certain things on cassette, yep. uh, which is kind of I have neat. a bunch of like old cassettes, like family videos and stuff like that. And you oh. can get them switched over at Costco to like DVD. Yeah. Oh, but, oh with the VHS cause, uh-huh, or, the, or the cassettes for the your, your Yeah, uh, they're VHS. V- sorry. Yeah, but yeah. it's like, I don't even have a VHS player. So it's like, I can't watch yeah. them. Oh, yeah. We've got all these DVDs in our you know collection. I'm like, I'll probably never watch any of these ever again because oh, yeah. everything is available to me now. And I don't want to use the space to store them. Right. Like, we got rid of most of our DVDs because we were just like, eh, it's taking up so much space. And so I now- can watch it on streaming now. Right. now that, yeah. yeah. It, it's crazy. Okay, sorry. Totally yeah. sidetracked. Back. You got this cool radio. Yeah. Continue. So, I used it for several years. And when I was old enough to have a job, I used it to get up in the morning. It was around 10 p.m. I turned it on so I could set the alarm for the next morning. Then I turned it right off. Right in front of me, it turned on again. I thought maybe I double tapped the power button by accident and turned it back on again. Done that. Yeah. But then the volume dial started rotating. 
turning the volume all the way up by itself. Oh, this ghost likes to jam. Yeah, it wants to party. Since it was late at night, I knew the downstairs neighbor had a baby. I started to panic. I lowered the volume and switched it off again. It turned on and the CD player shifted between CD 1 and 2 over and over. Oh, boy. Yeah, like my first thought, I'd be like, this this thing's on the fritz. Did someone spill water on my right. machine? But that's like, that's weird. Yeah. Oh, and here she says, maybe it's malfunctioning. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to kill your thunder there. I switched it off again. It turned on and the volume turned all the way up again. Crazy. I I will never get tired of that. I didn't know what to do next, so I unplugged it. That's my solution for everything. Yeah. Yeah. If an electronic is on the fritz, you you unplug unplug it. it. Yep. Yep. I plugged it back in because I needed the alarm clock for the morning. It turned on by itself and the volume went way up to 30. This time, my mother came in and yelled at me. I had to unplug it again and explain it wasn't my fault. Yeah, like, anyone's going to believe that. You're like, it wasn't me. It was the radio. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Keep it yeah, down. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Good one. Okay. <laughs> then she looked in the corner of my room and said, I know it wasn't you. All right? You had your fun. Knock it off. I don't know what she was looking at, but she said she heard laughter. Oh, oh! Okay. I just got chills. I did too. Like Oh my gosh! <laughs> Dang! <laughs> All right. So the next story is called Cemetery. I went to a high school that had a Navy JROTC. Every Memorial Day, a group of volunteers would go with a few members of the local VFW and visit the town cemetery. We were to look for any gravestones with military service and place the American flag. It was a symbolic gesture to let people know that their sacrifice and service was appreciated by the generations that came after and that they were not forgotten, which I think is lovely. It's a lovely tribute. I concur. At the gates, all in uniforms, we were each handed a bundle of flags and given a section to walk through. It was an overcast day and a little gloomy, but the task was noble. Everybody spread out. I set forth with my bundle and covered many rows, read several dozens of the gravestones. I felt this strange sadness for people I never knew from decades I've only read about. With respect, when I found the grave of a veteran, I placed a flag on the dirt, stood at attention, and saluted them. Honestly, no one told me to do this, and I don't know if anyone else was doing it, but it felt right. I kept going until my bundle was gone, went back for more flags, and continued through my assigned section. I was very careful. I didn't want to miss anyone, and I didn't want to trample graves in the process. At some point, I heard a whistle. When I looked up, I saw a man with a leather jacket and garrison cap about 50 feet away. It was one of the VFW men, and he was waving me over. I guess he ran out of flags and needed to borrow one from me. I went to where he was standing, and he moved to another row. I saw the grave marker he must have been looking at. It was a very small plaque and extremely easy to miss, situated on the grass in the middle of a group of large gravestones. I read it. I can't remember how old the man was, but I remember he was in the Navy. 
someone who died at Pearl Harbor. The family probably couldn't afford a headstone. He died in another time zone in an attack that thrust this country into war. And this is where he ended up. In this tiny space on the earth of Linden, New Jersey. It made me sad. So I did my thing. I placed my flag, stood at attention, saluted. I saw the veteran, three rows away, salute me and walk off. I continued my task until I ran out of flags again. At the end of the day, we were all assembled by the school bus. VFW members waved goodbye to us. But that guy wasn't there. I described him to others, asking where he was. I didn't want them to leave without him. But no one else saw a man that fit my description. My legs went numb. Oh my gosh, I love that story so much. Yeah. Oh, I love it. That's great. That is fantastic. And there is something very special about military cemeteries too. Yeah. The way that they're 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 designed to be so uniformed and everything yeah. else, the way that they're laid out, they're just they're very peaceful. There's yeah, a they are. there's an amazing cemetery in Point Loma in San Diego. I love that place. And I don't know that anybody's actually buried there though, isn't it? Like all ceremonial marriage. Yeah, the person there told us it was just all Oh, it's a, but it's huge. And, oh, wow. it, it is massive. And they, they have one for every person that, that's supposed, yeah. supposed to be buried there. But I don't think anybody is actually buried that's there. interesting. But yeah. Oh, so wow. they have crosses and they have yeah. you know, stars of David and everything else, whatever. Yeah. So it's, it, it, it's absolutely. I mean, Point Loma is it's gorgeous. Yeah. That, that's an amazing little cape that sticks out there in the San Diego Bay. And, you know, there's a lighthouse up at the end of the road there and everything. And it's just stunning area. Just yeah. gorgeous. So I, I love that place. It's just so peaceful. So pretty. All right. So our next story is Footsteps in the Kitchen. I was a latchkey kid. I lived only two blocks from my elementary school, so my parents thought it'd be okay if I had my own set of keys and walked home by myself. I was the kind of scaredy kid with all the, quote, you'll get kidnapped if you're not careful stories in my head. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yep. But after school... I'd get to watch my Disney afternoon and eat Hot Pockets, so I kind of reveled in the time alone. Hot Pockets. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that, Larissa. That's another soundbite we need to get later. Hot Pocket. <laughs> Caliente Pocket. All right. Plus, my older brother was always a bully to me. He would play mean pranks, rough up my dolls, in quotations, fart on them. <laughs> Rude. He beat me up regularly and prevent me from finishing my homework. There are too many things to even list here, but I was so glad for the alone time. He was always hanging out with his friends after school. I wasn't allowed to go anywhere or see my friends. I had to go straight home. One day, I had run home to use the bathroom. The only thing in the apartment beside myself was a family cat, Socrates, and a few fish in the small tank. I love that name for the cat. so cute. I was sitting in the bathroom doing my business when I heard the front door open. There were heavy footsteps walking slowly through the apartment. It was like someone wearing work boots walked through the living room and into the kitchen. The bathroom was right next to the kitchen, a few feet from the kitchen sink that was full of dishes. I called out, thinking it was my dad and that he had come home early. He was the only one that had slow, heavy footsteps like that. There was no answer. I said, I'll be out in a minute. Silence. Then there was a light tapping 
like a few water droplets came out of the kitchen faucet, hitting a pot in the sink, and then nothing. The footsteps walked away from the sink, out of the kitchen, through the living room, and beyond earshot. The front door slammed. I was so terrified sitting there on the toilet. I couldn't move for 10 minutes. Oh. Yeah. No way. I mean, you're in the right place. Yeah. Right? If you're going to shit yourself, then you might as well be on the john. Just seriously. My brother, the asshole prankster bully. (laughs) I hope you guys have a better relationship now. (laughs) No. He swore it wasn't him. Plus, there's no way his footsteps were that heavy. My mother didn't get home until after five, and my dad didn't get home until after seven. If it was a deceased visitor, I have no idea who it could have been. Just a really spooky thing to happen to an eight-year-old home alone. Oh, boy. That's, like, that's scary. I think what's scariest about that one is the fact that it might have been a living person. Like, that's always my thing. I yeah. think that was is way scary. Was there somebody scarier. in your house? Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like the hobo living in your basement and you just think you have a ghost. <laughs> Tiny little girl living in your kitchen cabinets. Oh my god! Yeah. Exactly behind the mirror. Yeah, they come out. Yeah, eat your food, and you're like, wait, I swear I had this. My hot pockets, right? <laughs> oh How am I supposed to burn the inside of my mouth while the outside, or burn the in- yeah, burn <laughs> in my mouth from the outside while it's still frozen on the inside somehow? That was the yeah. question, guys. Yeah. All right, so here's another one, and it's called "She Cursed His Name." So, I don't like to talk about my family. They were cruel and abusive, and I wish to not have anything to do with them. As an adult, distance from the family drama. I can see how some unhealthy patterns repeated and unresolved trauma transferred itself onto me. With that said, my mother, or the female person I popped out of, never treated me well. I understand, though, her horribleness is a result of an ancient trauma imprinted on her. Growing up, I didn't get to know my maternal grandfather. He was my only living grandparent, and I never got to know him because of whatever problems he had with my mother. There were few occasions where I saw him at family gatherings. He didn't talk much. He was very hard of hearing, so if you wanted to say anything to him, you had to yell and make sure he was looking at you. I know he fought in World War II. He was a short Italian man with dark hair and skin. He had muscles like Popeye, missing teeth, military tattoos, and I remember a tattoo of a woman in a hula skirt. He flexed his muscles as if to make her boobs shake. Of course he did. That's amazing. I mean, why else would you get a tattoo like that? Unless you're going to do it so the boobs will shake. Exactly. Eric actually has one as well. Off topic, there used to be a cartoon, (laughs) or not cartoon, a TV show called Pete and Pete. Do you remember that on Nickelodeon? Uh Didn't one of them have a tattoo of a girl on his arm and he'd make her dance? Make her dance. Yeah, Esmeralda or something like that. I remember that part. That's funny. (laughs) I heard mention of him sneaking through Nazi territory to steal a chicken to feed to his squad, but I don't know all the details. In parentheses. Just don't make fun of little Italians. We are made of some tough shit, I tell you. And I'm sure he saw some real hell in his day. I don't think he liked me much. And it was probably because he didn't like his daughter that bore me. And that's okay. I lived half my life without knowing him. Just understanding that there was a bad blood in the family. One day when I was in my 20s, I got this weird feeling. I can't explain what it was, but my mother told me 
If you want to reconcile with him, you better do it now. It's not like I spoke with him more than a handful of times in my whole life. I just had this odd feeling that I needed to insist she call him and talk. She didn't listen to me. We got word he died a week after. He had a heart attack after someone hit him with their car. I don't know all the details of that either, but I do know it created more family drama, especially since she was the only one of his seven kids that were still alive that was not included in his will. Oh. So, yeah. And apparently another one had passed away years earlier. So that's harsh. Like That ooh. is. Yeah. After the dust had settled, as best it could in this crazy, hateful family, we were standing in the kitchen drinking some wine when she cursed his name out loud. I said not to do that, and she said, This is my home, and I can banish him. A second later, a bunch of dishes that were in the dish drain to the right of the sink rolled out and fell into the sink. Then the faucet turned on. If I hadn't seen that shit with my own eyes... I wouldn't believe it really happened. Sounds crazy, right? That was mid-2000. Cut to a few years ago. Two of my uncles passed away. They were twins. Died one week apart. Each had different complications I won't get into. After the second wake, one of my relatives sent me a photo of my grandfather with my twin uncles. It was a nice photo, but I could never tell which uncle was which. I still have it on my phone. I also have photos of my Irish grandmother. I was born three years after she died on the very same day. So I always wondered if that was one reason they didn't like me. And I have a couple of my photos of my paternal grandparents. My father sent me the pictures of his parents last year. I looked at them frequently during the pandemic lockdown, praying in my head that they could spiritually guide us somehow. After looking at their photos, I had this strange dream that my maternal grandfather was forcing me to look at his picture. I felt like I was being hugged from behind, too. In my dream, I looked down and saw his dark and hairy arm with a tattoo of the girl in the hula skirt. It was this odd feeling of being visited, but this unseeable force was making me look at the picture stored in my phone. I don't know how else to explain it. But I do believe the dead can visit your dreams. Oh, that's crazy. That is, especially with the the premonition right before he died and everything. Yeah. Too. Wow. Great stories. Thank you so much. Yes, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I've got a story here from Laura M, who has uh, submitted stories to us in the past as well. So. Uh, she says, now these aren't all ghost stories per se, but are definitely on the super side of supernatural. <laughs> now, if you remember, one of those stories that she submitted previously was a sighting of a spectral buck. Recently, I was on the same trail conducting a walking class on local plant ID and several uses for said plants. When the group arrived at the spot where I'd seen the giant buck, everyone immediately commented on the localized energy there. One of the members pointed out physical signs that it is located on a vortex. It completely explained the watched feelings, tinkling bells heard there, shadows, and spectral buck. We gathered some specimens, gave our thanks, and made an offering. In last year's submission, I recounted the story of my father's death and sightings of his ghost. This is about my sister who was there also when he died. My sister died when she was just 34. A few months after she died, I was napping on my couch. 
I was face up, hands to my side under a blanket. I woke up with a slap to my face so hard that my head jerked to the side and my sister's voice loudly calling my name in my ear. Oh, wow. I could see the fresh welt on my cheek in the mirror. I had not been cradling my face in my hands to sleep. I woke like this many times over the next several days. Also, during this time, my middle child kept dreaming of fires, and she would wake and come to my room saying, there's a fire in the house. And then all the fire alarms would go off. (gasps) The oldest kept seeing a burned hooded figure in the area of the house. We did some electrical upgrades. No more fire dreams or alarms or burned figures. I don't know if it was related to my sister waking me, but it was all strange timing indeed. World of the story? Check your wiring and some detector batteries. That's crazy. We actually had a fire alarm incident the other night, which was kind of weird. Those are scary in the middle of the night. Well, no, it was so it was like around dinner time. Yeah. And every single fire alarm in the house went off and we were like, what the heck? Like we I wasn't cooking, which is a frequent reason fire alarms go off. (laughs) But no, like we weren't cooking anything like there was no reason they had they were going off. Just went off. They just and it was all of them. In the upper floor. And we were like, what the heck? So, you know, my husband goes downstairs just to check, like, make sure everything's okay. And at that point, I was like, well, maybe, like, it's hot. I don't know. Like, 10 or 15 minutes later, the um, they all went off and everything was fine. But it was just, it was weird. That is. And then starting in the middle of the night again, all of the batteries were changed. Like, everything was good. But there's one that's, like, way high up on this, like, 20-foot ceiling. Oh, yeah. And you have to crawl up a ladder. And the only way to get the ladder up is, like, right in front of the stairwell. It's like someone was just hoping someone would die doing It's a this. ridiculous place to put something it's that you need to so change twice stupid. a year. Yeah. Yeah, but this was at, like, 3 in the morning. And the stupid alarm goes off again. And we were just like, like Why is it always on? in the middle of the night? Like, right. I don't get it. Somehow the kids both slept through it. But my husband was so annoyed with it, he ended up just, like, taking it down and he like couldn't get it to stop chirping even after he took the battery out. And so he hid it in his car. <laughs> He's like, I'm over it. It was still chirping uh-huh. even after he yep. took the battery out. And it I was weird. Like it, it was weird. Like for some reason, and I know it's probably completely unrelated, but I was like, I felt like it was a message from his dad and I don't know why. Oh, weird. Like I have no connection to the fire alarms or this or that, but like that's uh, that was I mean, just, it's a just a gut communication yeah. thing. Yeah. It was just, it was weird guys. That is weird. Anyway. All right, continuing on. As I'm waiting for my first grandchild, I want to tell you about something that happened when my middle daughter was still the youngest baby. She is, at the moment I write this, giving birth. She was about a year old when this happened and very fussy baby. This particular night, I was up incredibly sick and she was in my room awake screaming. My husband and oldest are sleeping through a screaming, hyperventilating baby and my puking fit. I have no idea how. I do know that while I lay sick in the bathroom floor, I heard footsteps coming down the hall into my room. I heard the door open and the rustle of blankets. The most beautiful and gentle woman's voice soothed and sang to my baby and calmed her back to sleep. I never saw her, but I heard her voice and saw a glow of warm golden light coming from under the bathroom door. As my baby quieted, the woman's voice and light also slowly faded. I felt such a calming peace. I have no idea who this otherworldly woman was. I never saw or heard her before or since, but I sincerely hope she will come to my daughter when her baby needs her too. Oh. Side note, my husband never woke. I heard him snoring the whole time, and he does not remember anything. Men. Ugh. Yep, it's a gift. Other <laughs> side note, come to find out, it was gallstones for me. <laughs> so oh. I've been there. 
gall, yeah, or yeah, gallstones are, are not fun. I had my gallbladder removed, so yeah, Ooh. screw that thing, get rid of it. Thank you very much. You're a great story. Love and light to you all, she says, by the way. So Love thank it. you, Laura. All right, Larissa. Yes. Uh, so this listener starts off, everyone knows I live in a haunted house that was built in 1891. I already know who this is. I do too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they put their name. I already know who it is too, actually. Boom. <laughs> I've lived in this house basically my whole life, and it's been my in my family since 1915. My husband, three kids, and I have lived in this house since both of our parents have passed away. Sometimes things are calm here. Other times the activity gets a little out of control. At those times, my husband will do a smudging ceremony, and it usually settles things down for a bit. I have tons of ghost stories to share, but I'll give you a few. You can choose one or as many as you'd want. So I'm going to do all four of them. All right. Here we are. They all are labeled. I love it. Footsteps. When I was in high school, my bedroom was on the third floor. My now husband, we were 15 and 16 at the time, and I were hanging out in my room watching a movie. We heard footsteps climbing the stairwell, and we paused the movie on VCR and waited to see who it was. No one came around the corner. So we shrugged it off and we started the movie. Within a minute, we clearly heard footsteps on the stairs. So we paused the movie again and waited. Now we could hear a really hushed whispering. We assumed it was my younger sister being obnoxious as they are. Yeah. <laughs> younger siblings suck. My sister can tell you that much. <laughs> I'm like, aren't you the younger sibling? Yes, I am. <laughs> And we thought we'd jump out and scare her. We waited until this. it sounded like the footsteps were on the landing outside my room. My husband and I jumped out from the doorway to nothing. Oh. No one. It was an empty stairwell and landing. And my husband now just turns to me and stares at me. We definitely had heard footsteps. We absolutely heard whispers. 21 years later, and my husband still mentions this to me. It's crazy. <laughs> oh, I want to say her name so bad because we we've interacted with her so much, but she didn't give her name on here, and so yeah. And she's a patron, and when we do our patron Zoom calls, yeah, she always tells us great stories too. Yeah, and I always pay attention to the background. Well, a duh, I'm a background. She's looker a background. Anyways, uh-huh. so yeah, but. I'm also looking like, is anything moving? Is <laughs> yeah. there like a shadow over there? What's yeah. going on? I want to go visit her. And then yeah. I always ask Mary after, I'm all, did you see anything? Because I'm so unobservant. I miss everything. <laughs> <laughs> so the next one is her. In 2005, shortly after my second daughter was born, my mom and I were in her room going through laundry. My newborn was sleeping and my three-year-old daughter was in her room playing. We could hear her chatting away, having a conversation in the empty room. She was giggling and talking as if somebody were really there. My mom and I walked across the hall to check on her. I asked her what she was doing, and she said, playing with her. Nope. She smiled and pointed to the corner. I said, oh, who's her? My daughter looked at me a little annoyed and said, her, Shirley. My mom and I almost fell over. 
My mom had a sister named Shirley who died in 1964 at the age of eight. She had epilepsy and passed away from a grand mal seizure. My mother never talked about Shirley and definitely not to my three-year-old. Maddie, quote, played with Shirley for a few more years. At one point when we were... When she was about five or six, we were looking through old photos, and Maddie picked up one and said, It's Shirley! And it was her. Oh, wow. Oh. Wow. I love that. That is insane. Fantastic. Woo! So the next one is labeled, My Dad Says Hi. In February of 2006, my dad suffered from a brain aneurysm and sadly passed away. Exactly one year later, I was woken up in the middle of the night. I heard the floorboards creaking and felt someone move onto the bed. I opened my eyes expecting to see one of my young daughters or even a cat, but there was no one. I figured, oh well, because it certainly wasn't the first time that's happened, and I rolled over and went back to sleep. A few seconds later, I felt something touch my neck. I sat up so quickly, I woke (laughs) up my husband. I decided to go get a drink and went downstairs. My mom was there and had also been woken up by, quote, a cat, she said. While I was in the kitchen, we both heard a cough from the basement bathroom, a distinct cough, the very same cough my dad had. We didn't say anything, but we knew it was him reaching out to contact us. Oh. Just to give a little hello and make sure we knew he was still around. Oh. What? I love it. (sighs) And the last one is labeled disturbing the peace. Oh. I'm a little scared, guys. (laughs) 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 My third baby was an awful sleeper once he hit around three months. Putting him to bed was a whole ordeal and usually took about two hours. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, man. That was Jack. Oh, man. Yeah. One night after he was particularly feisty at bedtime, we finally got him down. It only took a human sacrifice, (laughs) (laughs) making a deal with a demon, and standing in the dark living room, rocking him for 30 minutes while Johnny Cash played softly on the speakers. That's a good good lullaby music right there, some Johnny Cash. I like it. My husband was upstairs with our daughters in one of our bedrooms, and I quickly walked up to get the baby in the crib. Just as I laid him down in the crib, my bedroom TV turned on at full volume. I then heard the TV across the hall in my daughter's room Uh turn on full blast. Oh my gosh. Followed by the living room TV downstairs. I ran across the room to turn off the TV and heard my husband running downstairs to turn the living room TV off. When I came up to my bedroom and both daughters were standing there and my husband came back up. We all started blaming each other while simultaneously (laughs) also realizing none of us did it. We didn't have an Alexa or anything like that similar that could somehow control the TV or the volumes. At that moment, the sink in the bathroom turned on, followed by the toilet flushing. (gasps) Mm -mm. Nope. I'm not sure what the point of the nighttime chaos was, but acknowledged the spirits and my husband did a quick smudging before bedtime. I got to ask, did the baby sleep through that? Right. I hope so. I would say yes. My gosh. That is insane. 
So thank you, Becky P, for those stories. And yes. everyone's looking at me real quick. Uh, I did write her. We're friends on Facebook. Oh, okay. So I was like, we got her uh, permission. Okay, good. Everyone knows who you are, <laughs> but you also didn't put we could use your name. Oh my gosh, but it's so funny bad. because at the same time we sent the same things because I said you just put it's Becky, but we also know you're vocal about sharing your awesome stories. So I wanted to double check, and at the same time she wrote, "I think most people know I'm the haunted house girl." Already. <laughs> 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 so I just thought that was really funny that we were both on that same. That's so funny. Oh, yeah. Becky's, Becky's fantastic. She's very active uh, on our Facebook page. And uh, it, as Mary mentioned, you know, participates in our, our meeting, our, uh, our patron, uh, patron, meetup, yeah, our patron meetups. meetups on Zoom yeah. and stuff. So, yeah, she, yeah. she's great. Yeah. And she says she has a lot more for our Yule time. I don't share. think she has any shortage of haunting no, stories. I don't think she from ever that will. House. And it's a cute house too. They've yeah. done a lot yeah. with it and everything. But I'd love to sleep over. I'll <laughs> go and go to Pittsburgh. She's All got right. a ton of animals to play with too, including a little dragon. Oh my so, gosh! Yeah. So cute. <laughs> she dresses him up all cute. So cute. His little floaties <laughs> for the pool. Are you kidding she me? She also has a demon child. Her words, not mine. Yeah. <laughs> he likes to be active on the Zoom calls, too. Oh, he's adorable. He's so I love funny. him, yeah. Uh, all right. right. Thanks, so, Becky. Thank, thank you, Becky. Becky. My next story is from Char B. My ex-husband and I had built a brand new home shortly after we were married. Not long after we were there... I would see a dark shadow figure of a man either at the bottom of the stairs or in the corner of the living room. I would see an outline of him with a tall hat on, but never saw a face or distinctive figure or clothing. I would also start smelling cigarette smoke in the house when neither of us smoked or other unusual smells that would be very overpowering or strong. Mm. Two years into living in the house, I was pregnant with my second child, but our first is my first child had passed away. I do not remember just how far along I was, but I knew it was late in the pregnancy. I'd come home from work feeling really tired and decided to lay down on the couch for a nap. I was home alone as my husband at the time was still at work. I wasn't asleep yet, but laying there with my eyes open, when I could feel the couch by my shoulders or head area sink in like a person was bending over to check on me and had put their hand on the back of the couch. Oh. I could also feel the couch give away as if someone sat down beside me. Oh. I was too frightened to move or open my eyes to look. After a couple long seconds go by, I felt the impression of the couch return to normal. On another day coming home from work, I was cleaning up the living room when suddenly a sound like a marble was dropped on the tile floor in the kitchen area. Ooh. No, no. This marble made a couple of bounces on the floor before rolling across the floor. I can perfectly imagine yep, that sound. Too. Yep, same. Yeah. We've all heard it. Uh-huh. As I mentioned before, we do not have any children in our home, and we have no toys, marbles, or anything else that could just drop and roll around on the floor. There were no items just laying on the counter, and when I went to look at what could have made the noise, there was nothing on the floor in the kitchen or the dining room area. That is a sound and feeling I will never forget. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. It, 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 
I mean, when you get into the children's section of ghosts, right, and the ball, That's when shit or, gets creepy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like, we could all just imagine, like Eric was saying, that marble. Yep. And click, then just rolling, click, or click, a click, ball, click, click, or click, anything. Click, yeah. Click, 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 click. No, thank you. <laughs> nope. And the giggles. I can't oh, get over the giggles. Oh, yeah, the giggles are the giggles are probably the worst. Yeah, I would agree. I've had some some weird experiences where I'd be laying down and then there would just be like a weight. Yeah. At the end. Yeah. I was going to say you had the college. Your, oh, yeah. Your, your, Everyone your in my college, we always, like everybody, said that my bed was haunted. Yeah. Because I always had a nightly visitor and you could literally see they the indentions. They called him the ghost. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to mm-hmm. say. That's right. what? They called him the ghost because nobody <laughs> ever saw him. Because, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know, he just came in and out of the third floor window. She wanted people to think she it. was haunted, but she was just a slut. Uh. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. I actually wish I would have been. I told Eric this not too long ago. I'm like, man, if I could go back. Yeah, I'd have lived it up a little more. <laughs> yeah, I'd have been a whore. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Uh, that yeah. coffee almost went out my nose. There's nothing wrong with women exploring their sexuality. Absolutely. Not, not at all. So we have one more round of yeah. ghost stories here. Yeah, right they've everybody. been good. So many. And yeah, this is some... like, hold on, how many do I have? This I have three parts on this one. Holy so. cow. All right. Huh. All right. So this is a disclaimer from our reader, writer, 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 yes. 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 Author. Our author, thank you. Yeah. Disclaimer, I have never seen a ghost. Episode one, picture it, Sugar House, Utah. Picturing. Let's say 1987-ish. I can so picture that too. Blue For, boot tea. Like if you're not from Utah, house. then you don't know because you have no you idea have no what idea. Sugar, sugar House is. Sugar House. It's a neighborhood. Yeah. It, it, it's a neighborhood in Salt Lake. That's before my time. It's, uh, it, it, no, it's not. And you know exactly uh-huh. what Sugar House area looked like in the 80s too. Uh-huh. It's very different Sugar today. House is a very cute area that was, until recent years, was stuck in the 1950s. And it, it was 100%. And it was super cute. Yeah, it's a little Everything about a bungalow house. Houses yep. everywhere. Mm-hmm. The shops were like super yep. cute, really neat little shopping area that had cute, like those stars, the, uh-huh. the burst, starbursts and stuff That's like that. So everywhere. 1950s. Yeah, it was. It yeah, was fantastic. Some of their signage is still there, mm-hmm. even though the buildings aren't. Yeah, the they remodeled because they're all historical now. Yeah, oh. I was so sad when they tore down that block, though. Oh, I was so sad. It, it was, was so sad, and the, then it sat in like a giant hole in the ground for how many years? Yeah, yeah. Okay, story. Anyway, story. All right, <laughs> so we're picturing Sugar House, Utah, 1987. Got it. This happened when I was either seven or eight. My mom and I were living in an older house that was converted to apartments. I had a creepy ass dirt basement with a single string bulb. I'm also picturing that now. Uh huh. Which is how I imagine the hallways of Heller live. <laughs> Hey, That's how I picture man. everybody should get their first tattoo. Oh my god! A, yes, the lights are swinging. <laughs> swinging light bulb, dripping water. Yeah. Dirt basement. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. It was summertime, and my mother made me go to bed around 7.30, even though it was still light outside. I hated it. Dude, I remember that, too. 7.30? That seems really early. But still, like, when you were young, and you're yeah. like, but it's light outside. Yeah, just, are you supposed to go to bed when it's light outside? Right? The worst. Just as I was about to fall asleep, I would hear a man's grumbling, raspy, and angry voice, kind of like my voice right now, <laughs> right in my ear saying, feed me. Feed me. See more. Feed me. 
I would do my best to ignore it and would pull the covers over my head and try to sleep. This went on for a, at least a week or more. I can't quite remember. I'm old now, LOL. <laughs> Finally, I was done. I rolled over one night and punched the bed and screamed at the top of my voice to shut up. I actually did this. This incident caused me to sleep with the covers up to my ears until my late 20s. I'm now 41. So yeah, half my life thinking the boogeyman couldn't get me if I covered my ears. Ha ha. Egg on my face. It makes sense. It, it only tracks. If you can't hear him or see right. him, he can't hurt you. Right. Exactly. Because that's what you do. You pull the covers up over your head and you are safe. Yeah. It's a safe zone. Yeah. You get it. Duh. It's like a, a force field. Right. Yeah. All right. Episode two. The MM crew is most likely familiar with this hotel in Price, Utah. It's a Ramada now. Not sure if it used to be something else. I hate this hotel. <laughs> I am immediately uneasy being in this building. It feels sad and oppressive. I was there with coworkers, so I didn't say anything about it. They already know I'm weird, but still. On the first night, I cannot sleep, restless for no reason that I can think of. I decided to turn the TV back on. As I'm sitting in bed zoning out to the TV, I hear my in my left ear as if a person is sitting next to me say, my name is Caleb, in a soft, calm male voice. Oh. I shuddered and turned my head away and said, no. <laughs> it didn't happen again during my stay there. But you can bet your sweet ass I'm not going back. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Just shut down. That's like, hey, I'm Caleb. Nope. Hand up. Yeah. I got to ask, when you were younger, was this your approach for like men at bars coming up to you? No. They're like hitting on you. You're like, nope. nope. Next. The hand up. Yeah. It's effective. Mm. Talk All to right. the hand. I don't know. I never played that game. So, oh, well, you're yeah. missing out. I'm sure. You left that game playing to your wife. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Episode three. Staying in a hotel in La Mesa, Texas. On the first floor. Hotel is fine. It's new. So no weird feelings so far. I had a few drinks that night and was annoyed about all the noise on the first floor as I was trying to sleep. This may have made my dreams more vivid slash realistic. I don't remember the dream or if there was a dream, but I could hear male voices arguing somewhere. Just quiet enough not to pick up what they were saying. Since I was hearing the voices, I also thought I was awake. I was lying in bed on my right side when a very solid punch to my left arm woke me up. It made me bounce in the bed. What's up with all of our listeners getting hit? Right? <laughs> These Gosh. spirits. Jeez. My heart was pounding. I looked around the dark room for a person. That's how real it felt. My logical brain is saying you must have been doing something in your sleep and landed on your left arm. But it was the arm that was exposed since I sleep on my right side. My left arm hurt for a few days after that. Ooh. That is wild. That's nuts. Dang. Like, all these like hits and punches, like that is next level. What's up like, with these small town hotels that are uh, doing that to people? Right. Like, like Price. So obviously our listeners have probably never heard of Price. Or I think we might have mentioned it in a story too, but it's just a little, it's it's an oil digging town basically, yeah. you know, in, in middle of central Utah that, you know, I, 
I would say population under 5,000. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's a, it's a small town. Everybody knows it here because you drive through it going you know, to places on Highway right. 6. But yeah, it's not much to look at. No. So, it's just it's there. It's, it's just like, there. Yeah. It's like the place you stop for gas. It's a halfway between here and Moab. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, Eric, what you got for All us? All right. My last story here is from yeah. Georgia M. So she says, hi, all. Longtime listener, hyper skeptic, science based, insanely entertained by anything horror Canadian here with the ghost adjacent story. If y'all run short on Halloween stories. Oh. So some quick background. I've been talking and walking in my sleep forever. My mom would often find me wandering around the house and sometimes yard. Problematic when you live on a farm in Saskatchewan and it's 40 wow. minus 40 degrees Ooh. Celsius for half the year. Oh, burn. Nope. She would talk about how I would babble, mostly nonsense, and or just casually walk around the house or into our fields. It seemed to stop when I was a teenager and early adult, but has recently started again, about four years ago. My husband reported that it really kicked into high gear when I was pregnant in late 2019, with me having full-blown conversations with imaginary dream characters and climbing everything in our house from crawling on the counters to stuffing myself on top of shelves in my closet. Sometimes my husband would record my sleep talking if it was funny or light. One time I was crying because the neighbor had more pet birds than me. And I screamed, (laughs) come at me, bro. Bring your birds. Birds like me better than you. Oh, that made me cough. That was so funny. Now, I can never remember these dreams. Listening to the recordings in the morning was like listening to an audio book I recorded, but couldn't remember reading. Also, sometimes he can ask me questions in my sleep about whatever is going on in the dream, and I'll give answers, sometimes actual ones, sometimes nonsense. All of this to say that I recently started having a recurring, more disturbing dream. He started waking me up in the middle of the night saying he was, quote, a little freaked out, end quote, by what I was saying. He reported that I was talking about someone named Judy, and I seemed to be really distressed by her. The first few times he said that I would repeatedly tell Judy to leave me alone and to go back to the drift where she belongs. I then started to thrash around in bed and run down the hallway all while sleeping, screaming for Judy to stay in the drift and that this was my world, my body, and my turn. God. A few weeks ago, he woke me up in abject terror, saying that I had started brushing my hair with my fingers while singing a song he had never heard, and that suddenly I seemed to become terrified. And according to him, my left hand started to pull my hair really hard while my right hand grabbed the wrist of my left hand, screaming, No, Judy, stop. Stop. Oh my God. It's my turn. Yeah, my, Larissa's hood is up. She's freaked out. You know, it's a good story. Yeah. My poor husband was so frightened. He didn't want to go back to sleep. He oh. had a few nights of quiet and then another dream. He told me that he woke up to me saying, Judy, I don't have the energy to keep you in the drift. Then he asked me, who is Judy? And as aforementioned, I sometimes give answers. I said, Judy wants in. He said, what does Judy want? And I said, Judy wants her to turn in this body. (gasps) This apparently freaked him out so much that he woke me up right there and then. All in all, I've had about 10 dreams where I talk to Judy. Now, I think it's relatively funny. I do feel bad for my poor husband, RIP his sleep, but I watch a lot of horror, listen to a lot of spooky podcasts, and read a ton of scary books. It only makes sense I have some weird dreams. 
I also have struggled with disassociative periods. I've lost tiny bits of time for as long as I can remember. I've had CT and MRIs, but they can't find anything. I've been in therapy for the last 10 years to try to help manage it. The real kicker, though, I had a small episode just this past weekend in a Starbucks drive through And when they handed me my drink, guess what name they wrote on the cup? No. Judy. Oh, no, thank you. Yeah, my name is Georgia. My jaw is on the floor. Well, Happy it would ha- be if I wasn't wearing a mask. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Halloween, y'all. Wow, thank you. Georgia, oh, you just amazing. freaked us out. So thank you for that. Or Judy. Or thank Judy. You. Judy, you, you just freaked us out. Our Love Canucks it. up in Saskatchewan. Hopefully you're in Regina. <laughs> That's right. The capital of Saskatchewan, everybody. Regina. Yeah. Regina, Saskatchewan. I love it. It sounds dirty when you say it. Oh, it sounds dirty when anybody (laughs) says Regina. Yeah. Yeah. Say it again. again? (laughs) Regina. (laughs) It gets cold in Regina. Okay. Okay. Larissa, what have you got for us? Here, it's also pretty moist. It's pretty moist in Regina. You guys, I'm going to throw up in my mask. Stop. <laughs> and then I can't wear it anymore, and you're all gonna get sick. There's so. even a song about Regina too. Oh my God. So yeah, <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Oh, I can't even. All right, Larissa, what have you got for us? Well, first I'd like to suggest a soundbite of Regina. Regina. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Just saying. <laughs> I like it. I just rolled my eyes so hard. I think I sprained my neck. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, it hurts. Wow. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> Hashtag. Hashtag. All right. So this next story comes to us from Danielle B. Thank you. She's from Pennsylvania. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So here we go. So my story isn't scary. It's beautiful. Oh, I like those kind. Oh, this is going to make me cry. I have a feeling. <clears throat> it's going to be like ghost instead. I uh, was making clay pottery. <laughs> Listening to the Righteous Brothers. Johnny Cash. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> I lost my boyfriend three years ago to a motorcycle accident, and it was really bad for me. Oh. I wanted the pain to stop any way I could, so I drank until I passed out. Oh. We have this beautiful butterfly bush in my parents' front yard, and we had it for years, and it never attracted butterflies until one day I was drowning my sorrows, and I noticed it. It was filled with the most beautiful butterflies. FYI, I'm obsessed with butterflies, and he knew that. I got up, and I started crying, and they all flew away, but they kind of hovered for a minute, like he was saying hi. Oh. That night, I, was, I had the best dream ever that I dreamed of him. Mm. I was walking down the street, and there were all these people, but I couldn't see their faces. I walked through the mob of people, and there he was. Clear as the last time I saw him. Every mark, every wrinkle. He said to me, quote, I've been waiting for you. Oh. I'm okay, babe. You need to move on. You'll be okay, end quote. Oh. Sweet. Oh. Oh, Larissa. <laughs> oh. I can't look she's at her because so, if she cries, I cry. She's so sensitive and I love it. Oh. I woke up crying my eyes out and have been sober ever since. It's Aww. been three and a half years and I've never been happier. Oh, Danielle, that's you. beautiful. 
Wow. Good story. I actually, oddly enough, right after my father-in-law passed, like you don't see butterflies that much anymore. You know, like when we were It's kind of weird. I don't really see them very much anymore. But I'm not kidding. Every day for about three or four weeks, I would see at least a couple of butterflies. And like, it was like noticeable where they'd fly right in front of my face. Like, pay attention, pay attention. And I mentioned this to my mother-in-law. And she kind of laughed and she's like, you know that my nickname was Butterfly because I was a social butterfly when I was younger. Oh, wow. And it, it could be coincidental, but I just loved it so much. But then she said she started seeing butterflies everywhere, too. Oh, so cute. Yeah. That. But I love that story so much. We saw, I, Eric was taking out the garbage, but I was out in the backyard with the pups and there was a butterfly I was yelling at you. There's a butterfly. It was <laughs> Which a is so weird orange. to say that. Like, we're all excited to see butterflies because we just don't see them very much anymore. I, but, I remember weird. as kids. Well, it's also like, October. I wasn't yeah. expecting. That's true. That's yeah. True. I mean, but I remember as kids, like, we would see tons of, like, of the uh, monarch the butterflies. Monarchs, yeah. yeah. They had their big migration time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you just don't really see them that much anymore. Yeah. So, yeah. I saw a couple white ones earlier this year. But, yeah, I was just surprised I mean, to see this big one. It's just kind of a one. one-off, yeah. During Halloween month. Eh. crazy all right story thank you mary wrap us up yeah okay so the next story is from a longtime listener and longtime patron sammy joe oh we all know sammy Sammy. Sammy and her sister (laughs) little p P. little p little p (laughs) p. all right back in early 2017 my dear lovely grandmother who was absolutely amazing inclusive and loving woman was not doing so well. She was 92 years old, tired and ready to cross over to be with her father and siblings. Months before she passed, she began having what we thought were hallucinations. She would constantly say, I will spare the Spanish for Sarah and convert it to English. (laughs) Speaking of that, we got to resume our Spanish lesson, Sammy (laughs) Joe. The lady in black was here last night. She didn't talk to me. Or why are there so many people staring at me from the large window? There was no large window. Or my favorite, don't go to the closet. The lady is in there. It's interesting that she's seeing a large window that's not there. It's yeah. one thing to see people, but objects. An actual window, yeah. That's wow. Hmm. I had such a hard time seeing my grandma deteriorate like that in front of my eyes. I was especially terrified to go into our room in fear of seeing this lady in black. Of course, after a bit of research, I discovered that often when people are near the end, they begin seeing black figures or loved ones before they pass. I was torn. I knew she wasn't going to be getting better, but to know that she was going to leave me soon scared me so much more. Oh, yeah. Makes sense. I mean, this is her grandma, right? Yeah. yeah. Her abuela. Abuela. In April of 27th, that means grandma, Sarah, so I'm just helping you. you She saw the confusion (laughs) in my eyes. Abuela, yes. (laughs) In April of 2017, she took a pretty steep decline. Family was coming over often to see her, And often she didn't recognize the family members in her room. It broke me when she forgot who I was. A few days later before her passing, my cousins, my sister, and my mom were standing around my grandmother's bed talking as she was tried sleeping. Mm -hmm. She kept feeling that falling sensation like you're asleep and then feeling that you fall off sometime Something high and then yes. suddenly yes. jerk away. Yep. Yep. It's the worst when you're in school. Oh, the jerk. <laughs> yeah. 
be like, no, 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 I wasn't doing anything. No, I would sell it. I'd be like, oh, there's a spider. And then I'd freak everyone else out and they would all oh, be up. And then I'd be so like, good. well, good. Way to play well it off, Mary. Peacock, yeah. you rock. Smooth. Nobody <laughs> noticed. Totally. I don't know if you've ever seen that Facebook meme that says when you get that free-falling feeling, you suddenly jerk away. It's because your guardian angels were trying to carry you to heaven but dropped you. (laughs) I totally believe that because I think that's exactly what was happening to my grandmother. They were trying to take her, but she wouldn't let go. Oh, and they kept dropping? Yeah. Does that mean that I should have died like a thousand times because all the times I've jerked awake? I think they're just messing with you right now. Mm. Like, check this out. Jeez. <laughs> Look what we're going to do to him again. <laughs> right? My guardian angel is an asshole. Right. It's very funny, though. <laughs> we surrounded her bed to assure her that she wasn't going to fall. As my cousins and family talked, suddenly my grandma's eyes open wide, and she sits up and waves and says, bye-bye. She startled all of us. My mom asked her who she was talking to, and she said, my dad. We all held back tears because we knew he was here for her. Oh. Her father passed away when she was 12 years old, and she was such a daddy's girl. I know she missed him dearly. Eventually, my cousins had to leave, and we tucked my grandma in for the night. The next morning, my uncles call my mom in a panic asking if Ama, mom in Spanish, was still alive. My mom said yes, but that she was no longer awake. My uncle then proceeds to tell my mom that my cousin, his daughter, called him frantic because her little boy was in his room playing and having a conversation all by himself. She walked in and asked him, who are you talking to? Thinking it was an imaginary friend. My cousin's son then turns to her and said, it's Grandma Lupe. She come to say bye and says she loves you. Oh. My cousin burst into tears. My grandma was in bed, no longer conscious, but I knew her spirit was not there anymore. I couldn't feel it. She passed away the next morning. As much as I was devastated, I was so relieved that she was now at peace. She lived a very long, rough life. She deserved so much more than what she got. Sometimes when I'm feeling down or depressed, I'll get a sudden whiff of her perfume out of nowhere, and it gives me so much peace that she's still around to protect me. Oh, I love that. Aw, thanks, Sammy. That's a good, good story. story. That is. <clears throat> yeah, it, it, and this is totally off subject, but the, we, we talked about the whole Abuela thing. If you haven't watched it yet, there's a fantastic little uh, series on Hulu called Only Murders in the Building. It's about true crime podcast. Yeah. Oh, I keep seeing that. <laughs> it's so cute. It's with Steve it's Martin yeah, and Martin Short, Short and, and, Selena and Selena Gomez. And the whole time I'm watching that show, and I keep commenting to Mary, every time I look at Selena Gomez, she just looks like she's going to be the cutest little abuelita, this cutest little abuela. You know, you can see it already that she's yeah. just got those features that you're like, oh. okay, you're just going to be the cutest little abuela. Oh. Like, uh, she's just adorable. Like, right. Grandma again, Sarah. Yeah. Okay. In case you forgot. <laughs> okay, good. Thanks for clarifying again. I was like, what are they talking about? Yeah. So Selena Gomez totally has has abuela face, and it, it's adorable. Abuela, abuela face. face. Totally different than resting bitch face abuela face. Abuela face is something that you should wear with a badge of, of honor. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. abuelas are awesome. But also check out that series. It's a great series. I need to watch so it. Good. 
Yeah. It, it's surprising because we, we commented, we love Martin Short and we love Steve Martin. Yeah. But Martin Short can be a lot sometimes. Mm-hmm. He, he can, can be, overact. He can be very overplay. extreme. Yeah. But he, he reigns it in on, on this show as Ooh. does Nathan Lane. Oh, my God. Yeah. Him too. He was very good yeah. on it in it and as Steve well. Martin too. Steve, everybody's fantastic. Oh God. Yeah, he's Steve Martin's. Yeah, yeah, he's a, he's an old actor, <laughs> so retired like actor. Funny, it's, it's good. Everyone check it out. Okay. Yeah, even the music and the like, the opening scene, everything is so good. It's well done. Yeah. It's really well done. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, I'd listen to their podcast. Only murders in the building. Mm-hmm. Boom boom. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, everyone. Thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed the stories, Larissa. Thank you for sitting in with us. Happy to be here. And. Uh, we're so appreciative that you shared your stories with us so and let good. us share them with all our other weirdos. Yep. You we guys, we actually them. were afraid we weren't going to get any stories. Yeah. We only had one we had for like, like three one. weeks. Yeah. <laughs> we were like, oh, it's going to be a real short episode. Which I was excited for. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys really stepped it up. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. We will be doing our traditional ghost time stories. So start writing those yeah. and send them in. Remember. Christmas time. Make note if we can use your name, and we would only use your first and last initial. Yep. yep. You and can go ahead and add in your social security number, <laughs> your mother's maiden name. Mm-hmm. What else? Credit card number, yeah, expiration, that, that, CV. You know, just make it easy for us. Give us your routing number and your bank account. Yeah. That'd be yeah. cool. Yeah, that'd be yeah. super. No big deal. Yeah. <laughs> On that note, you guys, we wish you a happy and safe Halloween. Happy Samhain, everyone. Yes. Happy Samhain and Day of the Dead. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Oh, that was it. So, all right, everybody. Let's say goodbye then. Goodbye, goodbye then. Goodbye then. Bye.